Welcome to the Teach Them Diligently podcast, where we dive deep into conversation about topics that impact Christian homeschooling families, exploring parenting, discipleship, marriage, and education as we go. I'm Leslie Nunnery, and I am so glad you're here. You're in for a treat today because I'm being joined by my friend Israel Wayne, and we're going to talk all about how parents can teach doctrine and theology to their children and why it's so important that we do so. We'll share biblical truths as well as personal experiences about what we have found to be helpful or not within our families, and we'll focus on what's important and discuss how to handle those things that aren't. This is a great episode, so stay tuned. Before we dive into that conversation, I want to invite you to make a point to join us at a Teach Them Diligently event this year or in Teach Them Diligently 365 all year long. TTD events and resources have been used by the Lord to impact countless homeschool families just like yours by encouraging their hearts, refocusing their minds, and helping them find the joy and order in what God has called them to do. It truly is a joy to get together with thousands of others who are making decisions that put the hearts and minds of their families first. So please make your plans to join us this season in Greenville, South Carolina, Cedarville, Ohio, Round Rock, Texas, or Pigeon Forge, Tennessee for a celebration of faith, family, and homeschooling unlike anything you've ever experienced. Get more details, including a list of speakers and resources that can be found there by visiting teachthemdiligently.net forward slash events. We cannot wait to see you there. Today's podcast is sponsored by The Voice of the Martyrs, which is a nonprofit missions organization that serves persecuted Christians in the world's most difficult and dangerous places to follow Christ. In partnership with Teach Them Diligently, VOM is offering listeners a free global prayer guide. This full-color prayer guide with summaries of the restricted nations and hostile areas where VOM works will help you pray more specifically for persecuted Christians. You can also use that guide to follow along with our weekly Taste and See Prayer and Geography vignette for families that's featured in our weekly homeschool subjects emails. Visit teachthemdiligently.net forward slash VOM to request your free copy of VOM's Global Prayer Guide today. And then make praying for our brothers and sisters all around the world part of your family's regular devotion time. Again, you can get your prayer guide at teachthemdiligently.net forward slash VOM. Hey, you guys, welcome back to the podcast again today. I am really excited to welcome my friend Israel Wayne back with us again. Every time I talk to Israel and his wife, Brooke, I find so much commonality, so much that we do so similarly, so much of a a kinship just in the Lord and in the way that we approach parenting and discipleship and education and so many other things that I'm really excited for you to hear from him today. So Israel, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Leslie. It's great to be back with you. Well, it is good to have you. For those who may not have met you yet, um, I know you have spoken for us. I think you were at our very first event. Uh, If not, you were at the second one, but I think you were at the the very first one. Yeah. So like every year we've had Israel speaking with us and that should tell you something. We believe a lot in what he has to say. But for those who haven't had a chance to hear you yet or get to know you or read any of your just 
so many books. Tell us a little bit about yourself. And then I want to dive in. I want to talk to you a little bit about how we parent and just kind of intentionally and naturally teach doctrine and theology to our children as they're growing up. So that's where we're headed. But first, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I was homeschooled myself, so I'm a homeschool graduate. I'm married to a homeschool graduate coming up on 24 years very quickly here. And uh, we have 11 children that we've homeschooled from birth. Our oldest is 22. Our youngest is getting close to two years old. And uh, we, we love the homeschool journey. It's been something that's been a blessing to our family. And we have been very blessed uh, to be part of the Teach Them Diligently conferences uh, all these years uh, since the very first one. And uh, I'm a full-time author and conference speaker. And uh, I enjoy and, and love what I get to do to be able to encourage homeschooling families across the country and uh, across the world. Well, we have we have definitely appreciated your ministry, um, and I know that so many of our families have benefited from reading your books as well as hearing you speak and just engaging with you in the hallway or in the exhibit hall or after your class or whatever. So I appreciate your taking the time to serve alongside us, all the families that have been there. Well, thank you so much. Yeah, it's it's a blessing. Well, I yeah, it's it's been a joy. We we kind of. We have to pinch ourselves sometime at the relationships that God has allowed us to make. We are, we are so grateful for the friends that we have made and what we are able to learn from one another. Um, yeah. As we just kind of, you know, are, are doing the best that we can to to raise our own families and serve others as we try to point all to Jesus Christ. So, I, I appreciate appreciate that kinship and and the way that God has knit us all together. Um, so you, you have 11 children, you noted, and I also know that you travel quite a bit. How do you and Brooke, how do you approach the discipleship and the, the training about giving your children a solid biblical foundation with all the things that you've got going on? Well, I'm going to actually be doing a new workshop this year for the Teach Them Diligently conferences on how to teach your children Bible doctrine and theology, hmm. uh, because I, I have a new course that I've just developed uh, a curriculum that's coming out on that topic. And I think I've transitioned a little bit from my mindset on that issue from the time that my oldest children were little. And uh, it's one of the benefits of parenting for the long haul is that you have the luxury of kind of learning from your mistakes and being hmm. able to tweak things and make adjustments as you go. I think sometimes it's a, a little bit of a regret when you look back and think, oh, I wish I knew back then what I know now. Uh, I wish I had been more um, focused or more intentional uh, or had the maturity back then to, to be able to approach things differently. But it's just the journey, right? It's where we're at. And so we, we have to sort of start from where we're at. But um, by God's grace, my wife and I were very committed from a very early age to teaching our children the scripture. So from the time that our oldest was a baby, we decided to start just doing family Bible time. And we had always studied the scripture together as a couple before we had children. But we decided to read through the scripture aloud, uh, even though we had a baby. And we knew that the baby couldn't understand all the words, but we would just, you know, meet together in the living room and my wife would hold the baby and, and I would read the scripture and then my wife and I would talk about it. 
And we found uh, in that process that it actually, a side benefit of that was it actually gave us a wonderful opportunity to train our children. And I have a, a chapter in um, my book, Raising Them Up, Parenting for Christians, uh, that I think is called How I Taught My Children to Sit Still and Be Quiet. And <laughs> a side benefit of all of that daily Bible time of us sitting together and reading the scripture was it actually taught our children how to be restrained and how mm-hmm. to, you know, to sit for a, a time. Um, and so from the time our children were born, they just knew this was part of the process that they sit during Bible time. And we always hit a season, usually probably around nine or 10 months when they start to get really mobile, where they wanted to get off the couch and crawl around and they didn't want to sit on mama's lap. They wanted to go do their own thing. And so sometimes it became disruptive during Bible time where the baby's fussing and crying because he or she just wants to get down and run around or whatever. Uh, And so, so in those toddler years, sometimes it felt like we're spending more time focusing on the, the toddler training than we are on actually understanding the scripture. Um, But that was fine because we realized like, wow, what a great opportunity that we have for that. So people have often been surprised that from the time that our children are like three or four years old, that they can sit in a regular church service with us through the whole church service without being disruptive and without having to get up and run around. And and people are just stunned by that. Like, how do you do that? And that's part of how we do that. And and again, we talk about that in the raising them up book. Mm -hmm. But so we were, we were teaching scripture from an early age and our children have learned a lot of scripture we do Bible quizzing through our church, so they memorize an awful lot of scripture through that. My older children have actually memorized entire books of the Bible. Uh, they've Some of them have memorized all of Matthew word for word and all of That's Romans amazing. and 1 Corinthians and James and Hebrews, you know, like the entire books word yeah. for word, which blows my mind because I can't even begin well, to it, think of doing that. I know, and it makes me a little jealous. I wish I had started when I was younger and memorization was easier. And I, you right. know, and I had more time because I, I see, I hear stories about people doing Bible quizzing and learning so much. And I'm like, Oh, what an amazing gift that is. Cause you'll never lose that. The Bible Absolutely. doesn't return void. He will bring it to your mind when you need it. And that is just an amazing thing. Yeah. So we've been grateful to be able to capitalize on that brain capacity that they have in their youth. Yes, exactly. uh, and, and of course the fun of being able to do it with their friends, you know, with the quizzing team and all that is helpful. So our children have learned an awful lot of scripture and, and I made kind of a decision early on that I thought was the right one. And it kind of made sense to me at the time that I was going to teach them scripture, but I was not really going to emphasize doctrine and theology Hmm. because my thought was, especially with the type of work that I do, um, speaking at conferences where we have people from all denominations and various Christian backgrounds, and I speak at a lot of different kinds of churches as a guest speaker, uh, I never wanted my children to have a kind of sectarian viewpoint right. where, you know, <clears throat> if someone, they meet someone and that person doesn't go to the church that has the same label as the church that we attend, that they're not Christians and they don't love Jesus and they don't belong to God. And, you know, so I've wanted them to to know the word of God, but not to try to get into a lot of the sectarian, divisive doctrinal debates and doctrinal disputes and to to kind of have an us versus them mentality. Right. And so I, I, I think it was well-intentioned and I I understand my motives for why I did it. <laughs> but as I've matured as a dad and I've seen how things have played out, 
I've noticed that my teenagers, just because this is how life works, when they get into the teen years, and especially when they get into those young adult years, um, they, they do get exposed to a wider circle right. of friends. And all of a sudden, they start being exposed to views on eschatology or baptism or you know the whole Calvinist-Arminian debate or uh, you know, the gifts of the spirit for today, or are they not, you know, the continuation of cessationist debates and all these kinds of, you know, issues that tend to, to be sectarian and divide Christians. And, and they meet people who have viewpoints on those that, that they've never thought about, or that sometimes they've never even heard of. And so for my older ones, it was, it actually kind of shook them a little bit mm-hmm. and they didn't know how to process it. And they didn't know what category to put that in. And so, you know, they kind of come back to me and be like, well, these people believe that, like, that doesn't sound right. And so are they not Christians? And, you know, it actually kind of had an adverse effect or like the opposite effect of what I thought would happen if I didn't um, teach them on those levels. So I developed this uh, curriculum that's called Foundations in Faith. And what that curriculum helps people to do is it helps students, it's geared for like seventh grade through 12th grade, but it helps them to kind of see Bible doctrine in, in what's called concentric circles. So if you think about a target, there's a bullseye, and then there's like another ring outside of that and another ring, and it just works its way out. And so the way that Bible doctrine and theology works is that there is a, a bullseye that we call core doctrines or primary doctrines. And then there's another circle outside of that that's called secondary doctrines. And there's a third level that's called tertiary doctrines. And then on the fourth level, on the the perimeter, are are kind of things that just don't matter. And so, and yet Christians fight over a lot of those issues. And I think understanding the various concentric circles is important for us in teaching our children. Because people say all the time, well, how do you know that Christianity is true? It, It seems false to me because you have all these hundreds of different churches and denominations. They can't even agree on the same book. So that difference in all of these different denominations and churches proves the Bible is false because nobody can understand it. And my argument in Foundations of Faith is is the opposite. It's to say that actually when you look at 2,000 years of church history, all true Christians from the very first century have always agreed on a basic core set of doctrines, and there's been no deviation and derivation from that in 2,000 years. So there are things that Christians believe and have always believed and always will believe that are essential to us being Christian. And if you step outside of that, well, you're not even Christian anymore. And and those are things like the deity of Christ, the virgin birth, the resurrection, the second coming, uh, God being the creator, those kinds of things. Uh, the the authority of scripture, you know, those are things that are just non-negotiable. And so that's the bullseye. And and all true Christian churches through all time have always accepted and embraced all of those core doctrines. And so it's important for our children to know those, to be grounded in them, to find out where does scripture support those things Mm -hmm. and how can they defend those things and to know that they must. Because right. to teach something outside of those core doctrines is not Christianity. You're now into some aberrant religion. But there's a second level of doctrine, the second tier, the secondary doctrines, we call it, that are important. Mm-hmm. But someone can disagree with you on the secondary doctrine, and they're still a Christian. 
and they still right. love Jesus and they will still be in heaven with you. So while it's good to have discussions on those things, it's good to know what you believe about them. Uh, there's a way that we approach those secondary doctrines that's different than the primary doctrines. And so people disagree, say, with baptism on the age of baptism or the mode of baptism or, you know, the, the level to which it's symbolic or whether something is actually happening in that process. You know, Christians disagree on that. The same thing with communion. They disagree on the age at which you can take communion or how much preparation you have to have for communion or even what the elements themselves might be. But all true Christians through all time have always stressed the importance of baptism and communion as a, acts of obedience within the life of the church. Right. And so anyway, that's what my, my Bible doctrine curriculum sets out to do is to say, these are things that are essential um, that all true Christians have always believed on. All Christians have always supported the importance of baptism. All true Christians have supported the importance of communion. And on the secondary issues, we don't say, oh, those things aren't important. We don't right. say those things don't matter. We don't say that you shouldn't have discussions uh, you know, and, and contend on those issues, but you contend on those issues recognizing that we're contending with brothers and sisters who belong to Jesus and love Jesus just as much as we do. We, we just see yep. these things differently. Well, and what we have found and what, you know, you, you mentioned earlier about the, the part of your journey and the growth that happens as a parent. Um, a couple of things that, that we have found is, first of all, I think children today, teenagers today, and mine are young adults like yours are, a lot of them, they discuss doctrine a lot more than I remember when I was a teen. Like we didn't discuss it at all. It was not, I went to a Christian school and it just wasn't really a discussion. Um, that seems to have grown. Like my kids and the kids they go to co-op with and stuff, they are having these deep discussions, which is really amazing. But actually making sure that they are grounded in those core doctrines that you noted and then helping them understand that we have so much more commonality than differences with the people that we disagree with on these these perimeter type doctrines. And for so many groups, we have focused laser, laser focused on those disagreements and we've missed all the commonality and the, the fellowship and the sweet relationships that we can have with brothers and sisters who believe almost exactly the same way, the way we do, just with a little bit of variation in practice sometimes, or in interpretation of these, these, you know, like at, at the secondary doctrines or whatever it was that you refer to them. And it is such a good way to, to give your children a bigger view of what God is doing in the world, because God is working all around the world in amazing ways, but we wouldn't necessarily agree with everybody on everything, but it doesn't limit what God is doing. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so I think helping them to be able to see when someone disagrees with them, that there are varying levels of importance regarding right. the topic. And is this something that you can be completely comfortable with, with disagreeing and just letting it go? Uh, or do, do I feel a need to contend on this issue? So like the tertiary issues would be things that, that maybe still play into our choice about what church we go to, for example. Yeah. Uh, like, do they have a, a worship band or do they have a piano and organ and traditional hymns? I mean, that could be a big deciding factor for somebody on what type of church they go to. I would put that on the, the tertiary level or, or the mm -hmm. third layer 
where you know, these are things that the scripture itself is not a, not as clear, not as decisive about those things. Not to say they're, they're not issues or that we, we shouldn't be concerned about them, uh, but, but they're like a, a third layer out. Right. And so, you know, there are Christians who would uh, make different choices than we would on some of those issues. But we have to have uh, more of an ability to say, you know what, let's not fight about that. Uh, because we just don't need to, you know, let's not have a, let's not have a debate about that because uh, some of these things really come down to, to preference and style um, as opposed to being dog, dogmatic, theological, you know, we have to die on this hill issues. And there's a fourth layer out there that I think are things that sometimes Christians disagree about that just, we simply shouldn't even have debates about like, you know, do we get the blue hymnal or the red hymnal? And, and even <laughs> those issues sometimes split churches. I know right? it's amazing. Um, you know, and, and so, you know, do we have choir robes or not choir robes? And th- those are kind of that fourth ring out. And so I think for, um, for, for young people, especially to be able to understand those different categories and to be able to think in the right categories related to those and, and realize like, okay, this is a, this is a fourth layer topic as opposed to a second layer or a, fir- or a bullseye. Uh, topic I think is important. So it's actually helped our young people as I have gotten more engaged with trying to give them a lay of the land of these doctrinal issues and say, you know, there are camps that hold to this view. There are camps that hold to that view. And and here's my understanding of scripture. But Mm -hmm. we don't believe that people who take a, a, a different view on those issues are less Christian, love Jesus less than we do, or are loved by Jesus less than we are. Uh, you know that he, that he loves them just as much as he loves us. Uh, I want them to to be able to sort through that and think of those things categorically. So it's helped, I think, in that they have been able to be more intelligent in their conversations yeah. with people, but actually to be more respectful uh, and not mm-hmm. to feel like every disagreement is something that they have to you know, go to the mat over because right, exactly. not every issue is at that level. A hundred percent. Well, and, and your relationship with your children, that, that foundation that you have built through the years really comes into play here because you want them to, you want them to, to talk to you about these things that they hear or the discussions that they get into. That's how you have that platform to help them really better understand, frame their own view of doctrine, you know, go to scripture, figure it out. Because I know there have been a lot of times through the years that my children have had conversations with others on stuff that really hasn't been a big deal to us. So we haven't really gone down that road. So it's a great jumping off point for further teaching, but you've got to have that foundational relationship, that heart relationship with your kids in order to be the person that they go to, to, to go deeper on those questions that they may have that kind of get, gets prompted by some of these conversations that they're having with peers. Absolutely. And I, I think another place where this is, you know, again, with maturity, I'm seeing it more, but where, where it really becomes relevant for these young people is when they start thinking about who to marry, yes. because then all of a sudden you have to have a hierarchy in your mind of what things are non-negotiables for me. Mm. So if I'm interested in a person and I'm thinking about marrying them and they disagree with me on a doctrinal point, is this something that is, is a train wreck for our relationship? Right. Is this, is this a non-negotiable? Do, do we have to call off, you know, any potential relationship here based on these things? And I think it's important to have conversations with our young adults that help them to be able to 
work through those things ahead of time because I've actually seen people get engaged. I, I knew one couple that got engaged and literally got down to like two weeks before the wedding. And the young lady called it off because she and her fiance did not agree on what translation of the Bible they would be reading to their children. Well, that's a conversation they should have had way before that. If it's at that level where that's a non-negotiable for them Uh, or likewise, you know, are we going to baptize our children as infants or are we going to wait until later and have a believer's baptism? Those are issues you need to know where you stand on those things. And if that's non-negotiable for you in a marriage, then that needs to be a conversation you have way on the front end, not we've been dating for eight months and now all of a sudden, you know, we want to get engaged, but we don't know if we're compatible because we don't know that we can agree to disagree on this issue. And so it becomes much more important I think as you move forward, especially when you start thinking about who to marry, there are some things that are clearly non-negotiable. I mean, if somebody Mm -hmm. believes that Jesus didn't live a sinless life uh, and that he was, you know, that he sinned during his life, which which actually 51% of evangelical youth believe that, according to Barna. Uh, you know, if, if they believe that, well, then they don't understand who Jesus is. Like you have right. a completely different understanding of, of Jesus. And that's going to be a problem moving yeah. forward in your relationship. Um, but some of these other issues, you know, like I said, somebody can be a Christian and disagree with you on infant baptism or believers baptism. And that's that's fine. We still can have fellowship with them. But do you want to get married when you have strong disagreement on those levels? So th- this is why I think it's important that families start to think more strategic about teaching their children. Uh, this is what we believe the scripture teaches. This is why uh, why we believe that. And what my curriculum does is is I don't try to go around parents. I'm, I'm super respectful of the authority of, of parents in the family relationship. Mm-hmm. And also the importance of local churches in the Absolutely. discipleship of families. So what I do is I, I say these are the core doctrines and these are non-negotiable. And we, we start with documents like the, the Nicene Creed uh, and say these are things that all Christians have always believed throughout yep. all time. Yep. But then outside of that, that second level, we say these are things you need to talk to your parents about. You need to have a conversation as a family with your church elders. You need to read your church's doctrinal statements or statement of faith, if they have creeds or confessions they hold to, what what do their church, what does their church believe about this or their denomination? But then always go back to scripture as the final authority and say, does what our family believes, does what I believe as an individual, does what our church believe, our denomination, does it line up with scripture? And, yeah. and scripture has to trump everything. And so uh, I think there will be people who go through this process as a family and maybe realize like, oh, I didn't even know our church taught that. Uh, we don't see it the same way as our church, Uh, or we've never thought about this doctrinal point. I don't know what we believe about that. So I think there'll be a lot of good discussions that are had relationally, but, but I just want to reaffirm to the parents that my goal is not in any way, shape or form to try to pull your child into, or your teenager into a different kind of ism. We absolutely do not do that. We say, these are the core doctrines that all Christians have always believed for all time. On the secondary doctrines, uh, Christians believe differently on these issues. And so these are conversations you need to have as a family and with your local church. We, we're very respectful uh, of families and, and local churches in that respect. 
Yeah. And that is, that's so important. But I would ask you, you know, I talk to an awful lot of parents who actually don't feel like they are grounded in doctrine. They don't feel like they have a handle on these things. And, and honestly, a lot of churches have not done a very good job of training people. And a lot of, a lot of Christians now didn't have parents who spent the time doing that. So you've got, you've got a lot of parents who may be listening into this that are like, I have no idea even where to start. So is this a resource that parents could work through either with or, you know, before their kids to really ground themselves as well? Absolutely. And it's been my secret hope that adults would go through it <laughs> either for themselves individually or that they would go through it as a family study. And, yep. and on the reviews that have come out, the uh, ebook is published, the uh, print version. We're taking pre-sales on our family renewal site for the print version because it's coming out in just a few weeks. Hmm. But I would say 80% of all of the reviews of people that are using it currently that have downloaded the electronic version, the ebook, have said that I'm an adult and I'm going through this myself. Yeah. Uh, and so I think it really is a case where many churches simply don't teach people. It's, I would say it's kind of an introduction, uh, a basic 101 introduction to systematic theology. And yeah. most churches are not offering that. And when they do, again, they're really focused oftentimes on teaching their particular ism, their distinctives. Uh, right. Because it's like, this is what separates our little denomination from everybody else. And so we want to ground you in these these three minute points that, <laughs> that are separation distinctives from our group. And so people sometimes get really deeply rooted and grounded in those things. Yes. And they really don't even get rooted and grounded in the core essential doctrines. And so well, I, and I think thing, this will be... Yeah, the yeah, thing ahead. that amazes me, the thing that amazes me about how we... we as a group tend to get so rooted and grounded in those kind of fringe, those, those distinctives that you are noting is really practically speaking, those aren't the things that ever really naturally come up in a conversation with another believer. You, you know, I don't, I don't generally go down a rabbit trail of election free will just in general conversation, you know, because there is so much more that we wouldn't have any questions on that we talk about right. because the commonality is there. And so it concerns me. And I've seen this even as my my boys are getting older and they've, you know, they're they're really getting into what they believe and why they believe it and so on. And there is so much focus on these you know, getting really smart in some of these distinctives issues that mm -hmm. that it's it's so my heart that we focus on the things that bring us together so that together we can build the kingdom of God. Those other things between you and the Lord and you should be grounded in how you believe, but that should not impact your relationship with another believer. Absolutely. And and there's a bad version of ecumenism that I think fundamentalists <laughs> rightly point out. And that is right. the sort of, you know, it doesn't matter what you believe. None of these doctrines are important. God is right. whoever you think he is or she is. You know, there's that version of ecumenism that's that's terrible and horrible and should be uh, yep. denounced by all Christians. But there's a there's a version of, you know, Christian love and charity that that is healthy and that's talked about in Scripture, you know, where we recognize that these are brothers and sisters. And, and I often ask myself, if God accepts these people, why would I not? <laughs> Right. You know, if, if, if God has called these people his children, then they're my siblings. And you don't always agree with your siblings on everything. But 
you know, when you agree on the core essential doctrines of the faith, you have to find a way to discuss those issues that are secondary, but to right. do it in the right way, to do it in a kind spirit and not to look for the opportunity to be divisive. And I'll just throw out one example from my childhood and, you know, because this is probably obscure enough that I'll only offend a small portion of the <laughs> listenership today. But I actually went to a church as a child. I went to a number of different churches, but one church that I attended, they had a couple of distinctive points. And one of them was that you had to be baptized three times forward. And, it, mm. and they would meet people at the door kind of and say, so how were you baptized? And if you weren't baptized three times forward, then you probably weren't saved. And like, you're going to need to get that taken care of. Otherwise, you certainly can't be a member of our church. You know, we probably don't even think you're Christian. And, and it was sort of like, I remember as a child thinking to myself, like, I understand that they have a a, a doctrinal reason. Like they got there somehow, you know, they, they have uh, texts in the scripture that they point to, to say, this is why we do what we do, why we practice what they do. And I'm not denouncing that. I mean, I uh, I have relatives in that denomination and, and I, I respect that. I'm I'm fine with them doing that. But I, I think the attitude, the posture of the heart of like taking something that's that's a tertiary issue, kind of a third layer issue, mm. uh, in my view, and, and making that central and making that core, that's where we really become like the Pharisees, you know, where we start to miss the heart of Jesus. Like the Pharisees had Jesus in front of them and they missed him because they were so concerned about keeping all these rules, most of which were man-made, that were not you know, even biblical doctrine, they were just their traditions. And so there's a, a danger, I think, with, with just even attitude and posture of the heart. And we as parents will communicate that to our children if that's our attitude and our mindset. Hmm. Absolutely, positively. We just do. Yeah. Our children pick that up and they mimic what we do. So if we act like that and we have that kind of heart attitude of, a skepticism and just a, a willingness to kind of be argumentative and quarrel with people and all that, our children are almost automatically going to pick that up. But I think even if we don't have that kind of mentality, like you said, our children get in some, whether it's homeschool co-op or whether it's a you know youth at the church or just friends or relatives or whatever, these conversations come up. And I'm concerned that my children approach these conversations in a godly way. And that they approach them with a Christ-like attitude and that they do it with, with respect. I mean, even if someone is an unbeliever and, and they don't hold to the core essentials of the faith, I still want them to have a modicum of respect and decency in how they yes. represent Christ in those conversations. And so if someone says, well, I think it's all the same and Jesus, Buddha, Muhammad, they're, they're all kind of you know, just teaching moral truths and whatever, I still want my child to respond in the right way to, to those people as well. Uh, so to me, it's not just a matter of teaching the rights and the wrongs. It's not just teaching two plus two equals four, but it's also trying to teach them the right posture of the heart and the humility that goes into these conversations so that we don't, we don't alienate people with our arrogance, even if we're right, right on the issue. Right. Hundred percent, hundred percent, and again, it circles back to having having a relationship with your children, so that you have a good read on their heart. You have the platform to train them and help them refine not only what they know, you know, get them well trained, but also how they communicate that, how they love people, how they engage with others. All of these things are tremendous opportunities for us as Christian parents 
to to really give them a solid foundation to build their their family, their life going forward on. And I think that so often we underappreciate the platform and the the job that God has given us. Yeah, and what you say about knowing our children is important too because I have some boys for example that, you know, they'll they'll pull out the sabers and and have a good sword fight with you just for the fun of it. Um, but then I have some daughters who are non-confrontational and would just yeah. err on the side of never saying anything. Right. And so I have to have different conversations with them, uh, with some of my saber rattling boys to say, you know what, you don't have to fight about everything. You can dial it <laughs> back. You, you don't have to, you know, I know you enjoy the, the debate and the argument, but it's, we're, we're told in the scripture that we're supposed to avoid uh, quarreling and disputing over issues that are not essential uh, because it leads to ungodliness. And so, yeah. we, you know, we, I want to address them in a certain way. But at the other hand, with some of my complacent, compliant, non-confrontational daughters, I want to tell them that when somebody is saying, well, I don't think it really matters what you believe unless you're sincere. And, you know, God sees the heart. And he doesn't really care what you do. And when, when your coworkers at the coffee shop are having those conversations with you, you represent Christ. Right. And so you need to prayerfully think about how can I represent truth to them without just clamming up and thinking, well, you know, I don't, I don't want to offend them. So there's that balance, right? And a lot of it is re- very personality driven. Right. Um, and so knowing each of our children and, and helping them to kind of uh, be able to temper their own reactions, I think is very helpful. Uh, but you have to know them in order to do that. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it all, it all comes down to that, spending the time to, to truly know them, praying for wisdom and insight into their hearts, because that's how God is going to give you those opportunities, make you aware of the times when you can go deeper in these doctrines, when you can shape their worldview, when you can give them all of the information. And, and really, then they're just watching you. They are watching everything that you do, every conversation that you have. So you are living out your doctrine in front of them. And you have to be aware of that as well. And and I think that we could probably spend another 30 minutes talking about that, <laughs> Israel. But we are, we are sadly out of time for our episode today. Before we go, though, I want you to tell everybody where we can connect with you, where they can find your, your new doctrines curriculum, and how they can get a hold of that. Well, we can take orders on our website, which is familyrenewal.org forward slash store. So familyrenewal.org forward slash store. And depending on when this airs, we, we probably will have print copies in hand by the time you get to our site. But if not, um, we are taking pre-sales. And uh, so the print copies will be available there, can be shipped to you. Uh, so we encourage you to, to check out familyrenewal.org forward slash store and look up foundations and faith. If you wanted a PDF version where you print out the pages yourself, it's a pretty sizable workbook. I think it's, I think it's 300 and some pages. It's a pretty good size. Wow. Uh, but, uh, but I, I would encourage you if you need the electronic version, you can get that at masterbooks.com. They're the publisher of this and we really appreciate them as well. They have such a commitment to authority of scripture and mm-hmm. uh, their sister company, New Leaf Press actually published your book, Leslie. Yeah. And so I know you have a, a working relationship with them as well. And, and we just appreciate their commitment to helping to ground students in a biblical worldview 
and I've been very grateful that they have uh, encouraged these projects. So uh, again, they're kind of a name that, that people already know and can trust. And so, yeah, yeah I encourage you to, again, go to familyrenewal.org, force that store, look up Foundations in Faith. Uh, and, and there's another uh, resource that's, that they've just put out as well that, that you can get from our website that's called Foundations in Worship. And it's, uh, on, it's like a hymn study uh, through traditional hymns that's uh, put together by Dr. John Morris of the Institute for Creation Research. Oh, wow. And our family loves traditional hymns. And he's just done a wonderful job of pulling together some of the greatest hymns of all time and telling the stories behind them, but then also having theological application. And so they're kind of a, a set in a way that they, they go together as a companion set. Uh, and I love what they did with that foundations and worship mm. uh, resource as well. So I would encourage people to check out that, uh, that resource as well. Cause a lot of young people are growing up today, not knowing anything about hymns and uh, there's such a richness uh, to many of those hymns that have remained. And, and I, for one, don't want to see them lost. I want the next generation amen, to amen. Uh, connect to several hundred years of church history and just the, exactly. the richness and the depth of some of those wonderful, beautiful songs. Yep. I totally, totally agree. And then you're also going to be joining us. I believe you're in Round Rock and Pigeon Forge this year, aren't you? Absolutely. Looking, Those are both, both wonderful events uh, for the viewers and listeners. If you've never been, you need to go uh, and make it a couples event. Uh, yes. Make sure you, as much as you can, go together. I had a conversation uh, in our parenting group on Facebook this week where a lot of moms were asking, how do I get my husband interested in family discipleship? How do I get him interested in homeschooling? How do I get him interested in studying the scripture and kind of you know, taking some leadership on these things? And I don't know of a better place to take him or to, to get him plugged in in a way that might ignite a fire within him than the Teach Him Diligently conferences, because yeah. there's so many great speakers that have great workshops specifically for men or just, you know, as couples, uh, I've, I've heard from, I don't want to exaggerate, but I want to say hundreds of, oh, yeah. of couples of women who have said, my husband got on board with mm. being a spiritual leader in the family from going to a Teach Them Diligently conference. So, uh, you know, not to say you have like covert reasons for going, but, but I mean, <laughs> I think it's powerful and men, it it's really like they is. go and they see other men who are committed to leading their families spiritually. And I think it's just one of the most single-handed powerful resources that exists yeah. to help get the guy engaged. Mom's usually already there, but right. it's a wonderful way to get dads to just kind of, it opens their eyes a lot of times to see like, oh, wow, there's so much that I could be doing spiritually with my family. So yeah. please, if you can try to make it a, a couple's event or a family event, right. but make sure that you structure it in a way that dad actually gets to sit in and listen exactly. to the sessions because he needs to hear the messages. We, we went to one conference that, uh, had a water park and, and the dads all went to the water park and the moms all went to the conference and we're like, yep. no, the dads need to be at the conference part. They need to actually hear the teaching. So. Exactly. Bring your grandparents and the grandparents can hop in and out to some of the sessions, but they can also Love hang that. with the kids at the water park if they want to. But, but yeah, I'm Love so that. grateful that you brought that up because Getting the men engaged and excited is a huge part of really David's vision for what we do because Absolutely. God has called the dads to to lead the, the our families and to lead our worship and to to direct our steps and so so we do try to be very strategic with having a lot of content for every member of the family but we we try to bring in some really really good stuff for guys plus once the guys get there 
and they get a vision for what what a great tool homeschooling can be for their overall mission for their family. And they see all of these other people doing it that they don't look weird and they're actually engaging with one another in a very natural, awesome way. It's, it's really a, a, it, it reinforces what you know God wants you to do in a way that you can't do outside of being with a whole lot of other people who are walking the same way that you are. So I appreciate you bringing that up. And I do echo Israel's comment that if you can come as a couple come as a couple. It is a phenomenal time to to focus on your marriage. We we have a lot of content even for marriage, but yes. also to focus on refining your vision for what God has called you to do and how you're going to do it. So I invite you, I invite, invite you to join us there. Join Israel there. Um, we would love to see you. So Israel, thank you so much for taking the time to to be with us today. I always appreciate your time. Thank you, Leslie. God bless you. God bless you too. The rest of you, thank you for hanging out with us today. I am confident that this has been an encouragement and a help. I hope that you've caught a vision for how teaching these doctrines and informing or equipping your children to stand, no matter you know who they're talking to, have the right heart attitude about engaging with others on matters of, of their faith and how they can share that and converse about that is so important. So make sure that you check out Israel's new resource. We're going to link to that in the show notes to make it super easy for you. But I can, I can tell you from experience, he is solid and what he is going to be giving you will be well thought out, well studied and well constructed. So it will be a great resource for your family. So check out the links in the show notes and have a great rest of your day. I look forward to talking to you again real soon. Thank you for joining us today. We believe that every family is called to teach them diligently. So we're here to help. We would love to get to know you this year at one of our four live Teach Them Diligently events. And then throughout the year, when you become part of the Teach Them Diligently 365 community, check out the notes from today's show for more details about what we discussed today, as well as all of these other resources that Teach Them Diligently has to offer. Have a wonderful day, and I look forward to talking to you again real soon.